0: Thank you so much everybody for joining us. Um, Today we are talking about indoor marijuana, (laughs) cannabis and hemp cultivation across the diaspora. Um, So we have a a lot of amazing melanated people on the, um, in the room today, and they have so much knowledge um, from seed to bottle, even past that through marketing and distribution and international trade and import export. So I'm so happy to be here. And I'm happy that everybody's here with us. We're gonna be doing this on a weekly basis. Um, So I'm just gonna actually let everybody here that are currently moderators just introduce themselves and then we'll take it from there. And i guess i'll start so my name is maya gilliam i am with Hempers farms we're located in downtown Winston salem and um, we're having a vertically integrated indoor cultivation facility and upscale hemp dispensary uh, we have luxury cbd products and we definitely um, are uh, we farm all of our cbd from seed to bottle we have an extraction machine here um so we press our own flour to create the rosin that goes in all of our products. Um, Everything is all natural, pesticide free. Um, So when you follow us on IG and all of our other social media channels, you'll see exactly who waters your plants, who takes care of the plants, who creates the products. And you can also come into the store, you can see live plants, um, get a five star product tasting experience and shop. So that's who I am and I'll go mute and I'll let Jake go next.
1: You just killed it Maya. Okay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, Jake, Jason, Tim. I'm the founder of Akuna Group. Akuna Group is a tech trade agriculture company. What we do is uh, farm in Africa, mainly in Ghana, Nigeria, Rwanda, Kenya and the rest of Africa. We also buy from uh, from suppliers and farmers directly and are currently farming ourselves. We deal with clients in uh, Europe, America, China and Latin America. Uh, as to the weed, I'm also a weed farmer, it's not really legal completely for everybody in the Netherlands yet, but I'll explain a bit later. So yeah, that's me. Okay, I'll pass it to Edwin.
2: Hey, what's up, guys, um, I'm Edwin, Edwin Shibairo, COO at Hakuna Group and a farmer as well. Um, I'll be actually taking on the questions with regards to just general agriculture and agriculture practices. Been a farmer all my life and uh, yeah, we run all the operations that Jake just mentioned. So nice hearing from all of you. <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. Hello, thank you very much for passing uh, to me, Edwin. My name is uh, Rich Kist, uh, Kitontala. I'm the CDO of uh, Akuna Group. I do mostly uh, brands. I'm uh, responsible of creating uh, the design of one of our biggest uh, applications called Biashara. Also uh, uh, agriculture where we're going to help out uh, farmers to produce and export internationally. I'm very proud to be here. Um, um, I want to learn more. That's why I'm here. So I'll be here. And I hope if you have questions, and I'll have the great answer. Thank you very much. I'll pass it to Idem. All right. um, Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is David Idem. Uh, from Nigeria, um, a partner with um, Hakuna Group. Um, besides, also working with Hakuna, um, a sales and business development person. I also work in um, real estate and also renewable energy space in Nigeria and other West African states. Thank you. I'm also here to learn. It's my first time to join. Um, presently, um, the Nigerian government is actually discussing um, around the cannabis. Um, cannabis, um, um, how to legalize it in Nigeria. So there's a whole lot of discussion around that space. And so it's quite interesting for me to join to also have lesson here and then we can take it down to Nigeria. Thank you.
3: Chris. Thank you. Uh, my name is Chris Isaacs and I'm co-founder of Canna Africa, the organization that's hosting this event here today. I'm very happy to see and be hearing from all of you all. Uh, Canna Africa is a digital media platform um, that essentially wants to connect the world through cannabis and through culture um, with a focus on Africans and Africans in the diaspora. So uh, again, it's good to be here and good to meet you all and looking forward to many, many great conversations moving forward, thanks. Sydney?
4: Hey, how's it going? Uh, this is Sydney Hall, the uh, other half of uh, the co founding of Canada Africa. Um, I've been a cultivator for about, I guess, 15 years in California. Um, I've known my partner Chris uh, for about, I guess, 25, 30 years. We met in South Africa and um, we decided to embark on this, uh, this cannabis trail together. Um, uh, a few years back and we're very excited that we've uh, managed to bring some great talking heads together to uh to proliferate, you know, the uh Africans and Africans diaspora uh th- uh and the Africans throughout the diaspora in this business and looking forward to yeah having some great conversations and uh melding some great minds as we uh as we journey to the future of uh the cannabis industry. Uh Patricia?
5: Yes. Peace, everybody. I'm P.E. I'm also on the founding uh, squad with Sydney and Chris. Uh, I facilitate media strategy, brand development, and global relations for Canada Africa, as well as the additional companies, uh, Hempress Farms and Hakuna that's on the call today. Super excited about um, hearing everyone's story and looking at how we can continue to connect cultures through cannabis.
6: And last but not least, um, this is Jamarly. Thank you guys for making it today. Long story short for me, I started out in the world of cannabis from marketing events and festivals, Um, worked with anywhere from the kids of Bob Marley to, just regular average folks making you know, cannabis awareness. So I've been in the field of making cannabis brands aware and um, doing festival events and whatever. Now with Canada Africa, we're here to make more individuals aware about the benefits of cannabis, CBD, hemp, you name it, and how the industry can grow. Thank you guys so much.
0: Thank you so much, everybody. And I'll let Dee, who just got in here, kind of introduce himself before we get started, if you don't mind. or not, D. whenever you're ready to talk, uh, just unmute yourself. Um. So now that we, oh, here we go. <laughs> you hear D?
7: Yeah, hello. Yeah, my name is Derek, and I'm from Ghana. And I, I follow the ham thing right here. So when I saw the link in the um, Telegram page, I was like, OK, let me join and get some more insights in this ham cultivation and everything concerning ham. So that's why I'm here
0: awesome so you were just scrolling um clubhouse and you saw the room and you joined us
7: yeah exactly i I saw the link from the telegram page about pan (gasps) panhand
0: oh perfect okay good well you are in the right room um so we're discussing indoor uh cannabis cultivation so who wants to kind of jump in (laughs) first, or, you know, I'm thinking we can kind of start from seed and go up from there. So maybe Jake can give us some insight on how you guys um,
1: germinate seeds. We actually, when we grow here, we, we, we use the clones, we start from the clones, not from the seed, right? Because here, let's say, unless you have a certification from the government to grow for medical marijuana, not for coffee shops, illegal. So most of the people who grow um, in houses buy from cl- uh, clone. You understand what I mean, Maya?
0: Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, so okay. that's
4: Sydney. Um, yeah, so you, I'm like, you know, there's several ways that people start, depending on, you know what I'm saying, depending on what industry a lot, Some people start from seed, some people start from clone. Um, starting from seed, obviously you have to germinate the seed, you know what I'm saying, put it in some water. Um, probably, uh, you know, a lot of people use, you know, a lot of people have um, uh, uh, machines now, if you're commercial operations, but if you're kind of uh, doing a home operation or a smaller operation, you pretty much just put that seed in a wet napkin, um, and until it, until it kind of pops, and you put it in a um, you know what I'm saying a cube or something, a Rockwell cube or a sponge cube, and um, and it kind of you know what I'm saying it kind of pops on its own, and um, you know that probably takes you know what I'm saying anywhere from uh, seven to ten days for for a seed, you know what I'm saying a feminized seed. Um, if you're just dealing with, if you're dealing with seeds that you don't know of, um, that you don't know if they're, you know, male or female, um, because a lot of times if you don't know that if they're feminized seeds, um, you don't know what, um, what you're, what you're getting. Um, so usually, um, you should probably go to places, reliable places, to buy actually feminized seeds if you don't know if their seeds are male or female. Um, and then the kind of the process begins. You know what I'm saying? That kind of turns into a little tree. And you kind of keep going from there, you know,
0: yeah, and a piggyback on what he was saying about the clones is um it's a good idea to take clones from your most amazing plants because you know that clone is gonna be exactly that same plant, so uh, that's another reason to um, to take clones versus seeds
4: right, and a lot of, and a lot of times a lot of times you know when you do pop seeds, you're gonna be doing some pheno hunting um for the strongest uh for the strongest um, bunch in those in those seeds, um, so what a lot of, what a lot of people do is uh, they'll get a batch of seeds, uh, they'll label those seeds, uh, proliferate those seeds, uh, germinate germ I'm sorry germinate those seeds, pop them, and then they'll grow them out to figure out which is the strongest ones, and then they'll take the strongest bunch and then clone those. Um, so it's a bit it's a bit of a process into into, into getting. Your strong, you know, what I'm saying, into getting uh, to your strongest batch of uh, of clones and plants that you want to that you're gonna want to grow on a regular basis. So you know, it's really from germination, you find out what kind of uh, you kind of label those uh, those seeds uh, as they as, as you germinate them. Then you learn, uh, then you uh, uh, label those uh, those clones that you get from them and grow them out and see uh, and see which is the best uh, best phenotype um it's it's called uh, a process called pheno 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 hunting
0: thank you so much
6: now quick question as a person that is like totally new to this industry how do in terms of getting seeds and and getting into the product how does a person like me like really move to that level where the internet i don't know nothing the internet the internet the internet has a lot. Of, I'm, like, I'm like you know a lot of that's where a lot of us started. You
4: know you have you have uh, loads of companies that uh, will send you seeds, um, sell you seeds, uh, and send them to you. Um, you can request feminized seeds if you're if you're a if you're a, um, if you're a novice grower. Uh, you can request the feminized seeds, but there's you know the internet is filled with um filled with uh, places and spaces to buy uh, to buy seeds. Um, even you know what I'm saying some of the same companies actually even sell clones. Because you can actually, you can actually um, fly clones. You can, you can you can store clones pretty uh, pretty well to fly them over uh, in a, in a, in a, in a three day period. Clones, you know, a wet sack of clone, um, a wet sack clone will will last about three four days um, before it needs anything. Um, we do have to understand these are weeds, guys. <laughs> weeds are, weeds are very resilient. So we're, we're actually talking about a weed here. So weeds are very resilient. So sending a clone through the air is not, it's not a, a very big, uh, a, a big deal. They'll get there and you'll be able to um, proliferate it um, and fix it up.
1: I would su- suggest you take some classes. People. It depends what you want to do. So I, I guess it's better for you to study first what you want to do. If you want to grow indoor, outdoor, then you should take some classes first before you purchase anything if you're a novice like a grower you should get your information correct first know what country you're at what the regulations are then start one plant experiment
6: okay and from your guys experience what's the best source to find this type of courses and this type of material because i'm as i said i'm a newbie so where where do i find the best information versus you know going with a, quote unquote all these experts, what what, what is your well, I'm, yeah? I'm, suppo-
4: I'm supposing I'm supposing classes are classes are prevalent now. When I started growing, classes weren't really prevalent, so you kind of you kind of had to learn had to learn and to go. You know, what I'm saying trial and error. Um, so I guess I guess there are um through the internet, and as I mentioned earlier, um, there are several classes that you can go on YouTube videos and things like that that will um YouTube YouTube videos are very reliable for people um, um, to getting into the growing of marijuana. And one thing, one thing, uh, one thing I do want to stress is it shit ain't rocket science. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't that hard. Um, it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just, fun, uh, things that you have to pay attention to markers. You have to meet, you know what I'm saying? Certain, 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 um, certain things you have to do to get that plant to, uh, get it to where you want it to get to. Um, but yeah, YouTube videos and I, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't, know who the brother was talking earlier, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, classes on on the internet right now that will take you through the process. Yeah, and also to piggyback
0: on the classes, sorry, um, just let you know, follow our Instagram. We have classes on every other Friday. Um, We cover everything from seed to bottle um, when it comes to cultivation, so it's good for um, newbies for sure. Um, And when it comes to like, um, I'll just tell you kind of a little bit about me. I just started actually growing um, about two years ago. I hired a consultant I actually paid him like $9,000 to teach me everything about growing. So that's the way I went about it um, because I didn't really have time to do the whole trial and error thing. So when I teach classes, I let people know that I um, am definitely, um, don't claim to be like the most experienced grower, but I am teaching you everything I have been taught from one of the most experienced growers in the world. So that's the way I went about it. Um, So I would suggest that. And and definitely follow our Instagram and our Facebook and you'll see all the classes that are rolling out. So we cover everything from uh, vegetation to flower, prep for flower, also uh, pressing uh, oils for rosin, I'm sorry, pressing flower for rosin, all the way through making products. So just FYI on that.
3: Cool. I'll just add uh, with the marijuana thing. Um, I've I've always been much better at selling weed than growing it. Um, but Sydney's right. I think it's not rocket science to grow cannabis in general. But I, I do have a a, a a a high respect for very good marijuana, very good uh, flour, CBD flour and so forth. So for the so for the cultivators in the room who have you know experience in Sydney's case, Jay's case, I'm sure many years, could you kind of give us a little bit of insight on how long it took you uh, as a grower or a cultivator to, to get to the point where you said, "I'm I'm very good at this." <laughs> I'm still not
4: good at it. Um, <laughs> and any uh, you know, anybody that says they're they're good at they're great at it, you know. Um, it's 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 a it's a learning you know so you learn about you learn about the plants from strain to strain you can dial in a certain strain um and be very very consistent with it um but once you actually move to different strains and you know i'm saying your your environments your environments have to be tweaked a little bit uh to those strains um so your environment the most important thing in an indoor grow is the environment um Everything, everything in the outside world, when, you grow, when, when when plants are growing outside, nature's taking its course. Um, you have to kind of recreate that in an in, indoor environment. Um, and you're do, you know what I'm saying? The grower is actually doing it from the humidity, from the temperature, uh, from the way the, the, the wind is blowing with your fans. Um, you're kind of creating that environment um, uh, in, an indoor, in an indoor cultivation. So 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 it takes, you know what I'm saying, for for each I would say for each individual strain um that you're growing, and some strains can be very similarly grown, um, but you know what I'm saying, for different strains that are not similarly grown, you know what I'm saying, it's an indica versus a sativa, you know what I'm saying, depending on the hybrid percent the hybrid percentage, you know, you're dealing with I guess about maybe two to three rounds before you kind of dial in that uh dial in that um that that environment to where the plant is very happy and the plant um, is kind of very 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 suited to that environment. So I would say, I would say, um, you know, growing any individual strain for about for about uh, a year, a year and a half, you pretty much can dial in uh, what that what that plant uh, wants and needs at any given time in its uh, in its life cycle.
5: And can so you can talk to us about nutrients? Well, I have one question really quick. Speaking of environment, Sydney, let's say something that people may be exploring like hydroponics and they find that their roots of their plants aren't getting water. What's something that they can do to kind of assess that and and make it better?
4: So, so, So when you say, well, hydroponics is all about the roots receiving water. So I'm not sure what the what the question is.
5: So the hydroponic setup, I was using it as an example. We actually experienced where I saw you in real time tell the grower how the water wasn't going to the root because they had too much water in the actual setup. So you say, so,
4: okay, so you're saying uptake? You say uptake? Yes, of uptake. Sorry, uptake. uptake. Yes, uptake of nutrients. Um, so, so, so basically, you know, you have your, you know, you have your roots in a hydroponic situation. You have your roots uh, feeding through water. In um, that, obviously, you know, what I'm saying You're, they're getting their nutrients through water. Um, they're getting their nitrogen, their phosphorus, their potassium. Um, um, so, so each individual nutrient uptakes at a certain pH. So your your pH is very very important. Uh, monitoring your pH is very very important in the process. Um, so, so your nitrogen uptake is at a certain pH. Um, about 5.8, 5.8. Your 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 phosphorus uptake is at a certain you know what I'm saying is at a certain pH. Your potassium uptake is at a certain pH. So you really want to get your pH right so your nutrients are constantly uptaking. Um, um, and You don't want to feed. You don't want to uh, make your nutrients too harsh um, in terms of the ppm, uh, parts per million, of your nutrients because then you'll get nutrient burn. That's when your um, the tips of your leaves start to turn very, very burnt yellow. That means the nutrients, uh, the PPM is too harsh. The EC is too, is, is too high uh, for, your, for your roots to uptake. Um, so pH and PPM are very, very, um, are very, very important.
0: Uh, Quick question it, on the nutrient burn, uh, Sydney. I had that problem with my last harvest. Um, I had an intern, uh, water nutrients at the wrong week at like, three weeks past what it was supposed to. And so we had a really bad nutrient burn issue. Now, um, we flushed it, so what is your, what's your recommendation flush when you, when you know it. you have- Okay, yeah, if just you, if you, again, if you get it.
4: new burn if you get new burn, flush it, flush it, flush it. Um, I usually use, um, I usually, um, hydrogen peroxide, H2O2, kind of helps uh, your, your, your mm. roots, your roots kind of regenerate. So I use about one mil per gallon with RO water, uh, with RO water for, um, for, for, um, uh, for, for my roots to kind of, where uh, are you getting prepare. your
0: RO
4: water from? Uh, RO water is done with a machine, a RO machine. So you have to buy a filtration machine that, uh, that creates the RO water. It takes to a filtration device that, uh, that, um, that gives you the, RO, that outputs out RO water. So it's hooked up to your it's hooked up to your regular tap in your room, and then it takes it through a filtration process to give you RO water, reverse osmosis water. For those that don't know what RO means,
0: and that basically what the RO water clears out any yeah it takes out,
4: it basically it, it, yeah it takes it basically takes your PPM to zero, so it takes everything <gasps> it, it takes everything it takes everything out of the water, and basically you start basically so so from your RO your zero PPM water, you know everything that your plant is getting. You know, every ex- exact thing, every nutrient that your plant is getting. So if you use, if so, you, a lot of people use tap water, but you're, you know what I'm saying, your plant is getting other things that you don't know about. A lot of people like to have the control of knowing everything that their plant is getting.
0: Okay, so if I did have a nutrient burn issue in the future, should I just flush with RO water or?
4: Yeah, I'm like, I always suggest using RO water just because just because, you know, you know what's in the water, which is nothing. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, regardless, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, outside of just, you know, tap water, you don't know what's in that water. Depends on it depends on where you where you're living. You know, I'm like, I'm in California and I've seen uh, uh I've seen P uh, PPM water as high as seven fifty, eight, eight hundred in, in LA. So I don't know what's in that water. And I would use um one mil per gallon of um of h2o2 to help your uh to kind of uh, help your roots clean your roots out awesome. but yeah when nutrient burn come, when nutrient burn comes your best outfit is to uh is flushing and then and then give it you know what i'm saying don't give it you know what i'm saying then kind of uh give it a bit of uh you know flush it for a couple of days and then go into a low nutrient mix and raise it accordingly you know this you know with with uh, with the um with plants in your room guys you'll know everything from the leaves the leaves will tell you everything um so so paying attention to the leaves and the stalk of that plant you'll know you'll kind of know and there's and there's several things online that will give you um give you a pictorial of if you see if you know if your leaves are doing this then this is the problem if your leaves are doing this then this is the problem your leaves look this color that this is the problem so there's several things online uh that you can uh grab hold of um,
0: i've heard of uh leaves like knowing from the leaves but i this is my first time hearing about the stalks so um
4: yeah can you so tell us more about, about like, like sometimes you get purple stalks you know what I'm saying sometimes your stalks oh wow i've
0: tight. never seen that
4: yeah sometimes people's stalks turn purple and also this is a lot of this is indoor growth so a lot of different you know so you have your people uh, grow in different mediums some people grow in rock rockwell some people grow in uh, uh, um, uh, cocoa some people grow in cocoa prolite mixes so depending on the medium that the mediums that you're using, you might uh, see certain deficiencies you know what I'm saying because with rockwell you don't need to you know what I'm saying you don't need to use CalMag mag um, because for some reason rockwell you know what I'm saying I don't you know what I'm saying you don't need to use cow cow mag um, with cocoa you need to use CalMag. mag <laughs> and if you don't, you'll start to see uh, certain deficiencies of cal- calcium, mag- I mean calcium, mag- magnesium, um, purple leaves you probably have a phosphorus, uh, uh, um, a phosphorus uh, deficiency. So, yeah, so, so you're, you're, you're in growing weed. You're supposed to see green. If you don't see green, something's going on. <laughs> either, either if it's in your stalk or if it's in your leaves, if you don't see green, something's
7: going on. So just
4: Let fancy. me ask
0: you guys um, your opinion uh, on like uh, prepping for flower. And I know some people like defoliate almost all the leaves. Some people defoliate half the leaves. Some people just lollipop only. Um, what do you guys do?
4: Um, I think that's a, I'm like you know I think that's you know one of the things is you know defoliation you know you can get you can get more light throughout the canopy because the leaves are not blocking it. Um, usually, you know, people start defoliate probably around week, week start, start to defoliate probably around like week four, week five, and then gradually defoliate more through the end, you know what I'm saying? Through the, uh, through the end, maybe start, you know what I'm saying? As early as three, three to, you know what I'm saying? Defoliation between three to six, um, to get more light in the canopy. Um, some people lollipop, lollipopping is, you know what I'm saying? So the energy. Uh, more of the energy goes to the top of the buds rather than wasting the energy on the bottom, uh, the bottom sites of the plant. Um, and some people just let their plants grow, you know, what I'm saying how they are. Um, most people that are, you know, what I'm saying kind of just growing to smoke, kind of really don't go through all those processes. But if you're growing, if you're growing for a very high yield, um, if you're growing for uh, big colas or, or you know big buds your lollipop is, uh, is, 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 is put in place. Um, and you know what I'm saying? If you're growing big plants that, you know what I'm saying? That are, that, that, that need, that, that need that light penetration, you know what I'm saying? Cause obviously, you know what I'm saying? You have your light from up top and you want it to penetrate through the canopy as much as possible. Then you're defoliating. Um, so the leaves are not blocking that light. So it's, you know, it's really a preference of the grower.
0: But why would anybody not want like the highest yield, right? So I guess the best thing to do is to lollipop, yeah.
4: Uh, lollipop lo- lo- gives lollipop gives you gives you your bigger colas, um, mm-hmm. and um, defoliation allows the um, the light to hit the uh, the full canopy. Uh,
0: Speaking of the- big colas, um, Jake and the people over in the Netherlands have like colas the size of like a human head. <laughs> And he was telling me about um, oxygen and I've never used oxygen. So I'd love for him to chime in on how to use oxygen indoor growing to get like the biggest colas known to man.
1: (laughs) My, in terms of using oxygen, we use somebody who knows how to like do that because it's very dangerous. So we only use them for specific growing, but for the next week I'll bring the person who does it for you and he can explain it to you because that is like the electricity for the house, right? We hire an electrician to do it and not all of us do the same thing. So there's a friend of mine who does it specifically because it's very dangerous when you're using it. So I wouldn't suggest anybody to use it if you don't have anybody, an expert that is doing it. So that's something that's very specific for people to use.
0: Gotcha. Because basically you could blow up and how could you blow up? Like you can't smoke around the oxygen or what's the deal with that?
1: Yeah. And we, we also, we, um, we also top our, our flowers, right? So we, when when, the, when they grow in a specific week, we top them twice. So the, 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 it takes a little bit longer to uh, to grow instead of two months. We do it for like four months. So we keep cutting it to, the, to instead of one bud, it becomes like four or five buds. And then use oxygen at the same time, specific uh, nutrition. And you can get a really, really big yield from it. I can send everybody documents on it if you're interested. So you can see exactly how we do it.
0: Oh, cool. you can throw like a document <laughs> yeah. or a video on your yeah.
1: Twitter. Just in
4: the theory, the theory of oxygen, you know what I'm saying? You're, the roots, the more the oxygen, o- the more roots get oxygen, you know what I'm saying? The better, the better they, uh, the better they are and the more they produce. Um, so, so, you know, your, your top of the plant is breathing CO2, but the bottom end of your plant where the roots are, they're breathing, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're breathing air. So that's why you know what I'm saying a lot of people like to oxygenate their, their oxygenate their water. Um, so when they when they do the feed, uh, their, roots, uh, their roots, their roots, the roots are getting a lot of oxygen through that feed. That's just
0: how do you oxygenate the water?
4: You um, aerators. You have aerators um, creating bubbles, creating bubbles in the water. <laughs> it's creating oxygen.
0: Okay, thanks, guys. You guys are making me better by the second. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, spray, we spray oxygen into the room instead of the water. Yeah, yeah. direct. I'm like, yeah, just in the theater, direct oxygen
4: to the roof. They're, they're, they're mechanisms, right? But like you said, you really have to know how to do that. <laughs>
1: like, you can only do it in an airtight room. Right? The room has to be completely sealed. So you can not do it like an open room.
4: Right. Yeah. I really know how to do that. Before, before you, get that. you know, just oxygen to
7: the roof. What you always want because that's what... That's root, root okay. Yeah. Um. can I ask more? a quick question. Um, I think everybody's talking about like growing hemp in like a greenhouse sort of thing, but then has anybody tried it on a large field, like done like two acres, three acres of hemp? Outdoor. Yeah.
0: Let's uh. Let's dive into um. Outdoor growing. Because in Africa, you know, you have to utilize that amazing. African sun, and a lot of times they don't have access to the type of uh, lights and blowers and fans and humidifiers and dehumidifiers that we do. So, um, does anybody want to chime in on like outdoor growing? Um, I'll chime in as well on that.
7: Yeah, if so somebody can try and enlighten us on that, I'll so be much so.
0: Okay, well, I'll just kind of let you know like, um, how my outdoor grow went. Um, So we grew on only a half an acre. We're growing for flower. Uh, We were not growing for fiber or anything like that. It was um, for flower. And so we had 300 plants um, on the outdoor. Um, We had to plant them a couple of weeks late, like a month late um, because of many reasons. COVID-19 and there was a rainstorm um, during like the Mother's Day time, like mid-May when we really wanted to plant. So we ended up planting like June 6th. Um, So I kind of missed a few weeks of vegetation, which is why I feel like the plants didn't get as tall as I would like for them to be. I thought they were gonna be maybe about six feet tall, but they turned out being about three and a half, four feet tall instead. Um, But they came out with some really amazing uh, flower. Uh, The colors were super, Thick, you know about the size of my wrist um, so it was really good we had um, a bit of issues with caterpillars towards the end um, which ate up uh, a little bit of the uh, center of some of the flowers it almost looks rotten uh, when the caterpillars uh, come out um, but we were able to fight those off at least in order, we only lost about I'd say six plants out of all 300 to the caterpillars um, and so outdoor growing is Definitely a place for that. Uh, we came out with about 30 pounds of um, really nice hemp flour. I, I utilized those uh, in our products um, and they lasted us about a year. Um, I sold probably maybe 15 pounds of that. Um, but the other 15 pounds, I pressed it um, with the processor um, and yeah, and then um, I utilized it in our products because one thing I will say um, is that. Vertical integration is the way to go. Uh, you can make a uh, hundred times more off of uh, creating products off of your hemp than selling it wholesale. So that's my thoughts. On
7: that. Okay, um, thank you for that that insight. Um, anyways, i will be following your page for some time now, um, Maya, and then um, I'd like to ask: You visited? Um, was it? An East African country, um, is it Rwanda?
0: Yeah, it was R- Rwanda, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and then
7: you also visited Ghana quite recently. Yeah. And I missed a chance to, to um, visit, meet up with you, but then I saw a post that you're writing so that Ghana showed a lot of hemp education. So uh, i just like to compare the two countries on the African continent, like comparing Ghana and then um, is it Rwanda? what do you think they are doing right that we are not doing right yet? because if we don't have license for anybody to start growing hemp
1: in ghana right now My, i can answer that for him okay i'm right. guinean also yeah
7: oh okay good good okay.
1: good. okay um are you talking about differences in like the kind of uh, the 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 weed and the the weed space in terms of uh licenses is what you're talking about
7: yeah uh... Hello,
1: okay, basically, okay, in Rwanda, um, Edwin can explain the, 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 the process to you, right? Let's back and tell you the two differences between both countries. In terms of uh, Ghana, Ghana, we spoke to like 10 different people, depends how you're connected, uh, like, okay, one person said one person has it, the other person said that, they don't have it yet. The other person said they're still doing the regulation, and the other person said he's going to get it. The other person said they've already given nine nine licenses out to party lines, which means Nana's party. Wow. They've given it to ministers who are going to come to you and charge you money or ask you fifty percent to do it. Right?
7: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, wow. in Rwanda in Rwanda, they have given. They've already like uh, uh, confirmed five licenses. We happen to hop in there for the application. It costs a That's thousand. Uh, uh dollars to get right and okay. it's mainly for export right so they give you specific yeah. uh, guidelines which you have to follow uh, for example okay. they, they they make they make their money by percentages the maximum was seven percent on let's say your annual revenue I think uh, don't correct me if I'm wrong you know um, they're interested in like uh, the end product because they think of uh, legalizing in the country itself. We saw some products already in the country that they're selling like their cannabis uh, liquor. But in terms of, let's say, if Ghana does get it together, they'll be further than Rwanda because, at the end of the day, if you are dealing in, let's say, weed, let's say the raw material, and we're talking about that, you can get rid of it easier in Ghana because the security is less. You can pay the police. The corruption is more <laughs> in Rwanda. Yeah, you yeah. won't be able, to, you won't be able to do that, right? So yeah,
6: they,
1: they work, yeah. yeah, they they pay a big emphasis on security. So they even tell you when you're speaking to. We spoke to the uh, RDP, right? They run the development board. We spoke to clear the head directly. We presented her Maya's basic concept at the end product in okay. terms of skincare, healthcare products You know, for, uh, for scars, for stretch marks, for body, yeah. for massages. And they were also very keen on talking about textiles in terms of hemp fiber and hempcrete. They very, they're very interested in those things, right? So they want to see yeah. everything. It helps the country grow. They're not interested in corruption. They're interested in you bringing it, you doing everything, but with very, very good, uh, strict guidelines to follow. So those are two differences. Wow. Edwin, am I correct?
2: Wow. Yeah, Jake, you're very right. Yeah. I can't add anything else. Um,
0: and before Edwin adds more, um, I just want to say that Jake and Edwin are the ones who um, took me to Rwanda. So um, they're the ones in the videos that you saw on Instagram, just FYI. <laughs>
7: Okay, okay, great, great, great. You know, I, also, I got l- linked up to you, Maya, through um, devisha Um, I don't know if you quite remember. Divisha. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'm the one I, I'm trying to make my um other partner in the state link up with you, like you, Maya. So, but, get um, getting to know Jake and Edwin, then probably I might be talking to them to, to, to get more insight. Because yeah, also are people who are ready, but we are all waiting for lines and because we don't want to start something like police or some legal stuff. Draws back.
2: But, uh, but B, B where, are you, where are you talking from? Where are you exactly
7: oh, from Ghana?
2: Oh, you're in Ghana, okay, and you're willing you want to invest in this space?
7: Yes, um, yeah.
2: Oh man, then talk, talk to Jake, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I tell you straight, man, for if you're going to go to Ghana, if you're going to deal with it in Ghana, right, you need yeah. to have, the. you need to, if you want a license, your contacts have to be right. You know, you have to sit right you have to have somebody in Nana Nana's cabinet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and you, like the last uh, digit they gave us in do Ghana. Contract? Yeah, dude, the last digit they gave us in Ghana was at the beginning, 2 million. If you want to even start with somebody. You know, so you have to you know in Ghana how it works. You have to pay this person, you have to pay that person, pay this person. So that's how it is, you know.
2: Yeah, and, and everybody in Ghana wants to eat, right? so they, they all give you different figures. When you meet one, they say they've already given out five licenses. The next guy says they've given out nine, and the next guy says you have to pay two million. We can walk into the office tomorrow. So it's it's quite disorganized, but yeah.
1: Yeah, fast. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Maya, sorry, continue.
0: No, you continue.
1: No, okay, basically because we are lucky because we're in agriculture, right? We deal with farms, uh, farmers and uh, suppliers. So we work one of the biggest farms in Ghana and he's one of the people include um, that works directly with the government agriculture and that falls in the same space. So we have lots of angles to get a license. So it's better for you to latch onto somebody than try to get it yourself.
0: Also, in the meantime, um, I don't, do you know this guy named Josh Ansa? He's in Ghana. He's our um, product representative for hemp Farms in Ghana. And he has a lot of uh, topicals and uh, tinctures there. So if you want some products, definitely hit him up. Also, just want to say at the bottom, you'll see Taylor. She is our apprentice for the summer. Um, She's an amazing uh, person and also a great assistant. She's been working with the plants. The plants really love her and her energy is great. So she's listening in. Um, So everybody say what's up, Taylor? She doesn't have her microphone, so she's just going to listen though.
1: Yeah, Chris and uh, Sydney, I have a question for you guys. How how's how's your setup in uh, South Africa? How's how like what's the system you use? Oh,
4: we'll be using a, we'll be using a, two different systems. We're we'll using a, a thirty seventy coco mix. Um, they're all drip irrigation systems um, that we'll be using, um, either in a seventy thirty coco ProLite mix or with Rockwell cubes.
1: I okay, I saw your greenhouse. Are you guys using like natural light is, the, greenhouse, the greenhouse is, light. is cocoa? That's that's cocoa. All okay. the cocoa top top feed drip irrigation. Okay. Are you guys doing like natural light because yeah, all that's like... natural light. Yeah, that's natural light. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are yep. the cycles?
4: Um when you say when you say cycles? How long the cycles
1: last? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe it's different. I don't know. Maybe I want to compare it to different Oh, no. In, in
4: greenhouses here, you know what I'm saying? It's your it's your 8 to 10 week flower.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And like, how do you do like the, air, the, the, the control in the air in terms of the heat? Because it gets hot in South Africa, right? Yeah, it gets hot. It gets, it gets, uh, it gets hot. It gets hot, human. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know I'm
4: I'm like, but that's, that's, that's outdoor. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, you know, that's, it's a, it's an outdoor situation. You know, the plants, the plants are not, <laughs> the, you know, nature grows outdoors, whether it's hot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the only right. thing you have to, you know, the, the main thing you have to worry about is freeze. When you're, okay. uh, it's never plants are never gonna get that hot in nature. <laughs> okay,
1: okay, <laughs> so okay.
4: Like, yeah, plants do you know, like that's plants grow outdoors. You know what I'm saying? Plants, you sure. know, so, so as long as the, as long as the uh, roots are fed, as long as you know what I'm saying they they may suck up more water, they may eat more when it's hot, but they're not gonna the plants are not gonna burn. You know? No. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, as long as the roots, are eating,
4: as long as the roots are eating, that's that that's what feeds the top. That's what feeds the plant is the roots. So as long as the roots are eating. When you have drought, when you have drought, that means the land has dried up and the the roots are no longer getting water. That's when you see plants dry up. It's from the roots, not from the top of the plant. You know.
1: How many people use harvesting? Like, what's the manpower?
4: Depends on depends on how big you. Know what I'm saying depends on how big your situation is. That's a relative. That's a relative question. You know, you could have you know two three guys per greenhouse. Yeah. I mean, some people some people you know take you know some people don't do all the greenhouses at one time. You know what I'm saying? They stagger they stagger them, so it depends on depends on the setup.
1: You know you and Chris sound the same.
0: I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like,
1: What? <laughs> yeah. Oh we're my both, god.
2: We're I both from the East have... <laughs> 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 What's that about? <laughs> you don't know who's talking because about. <laughs>
4: Yes,
1: yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that could be
4: it. That could be it, yeah.
1: Okay, and what about uh, Lizoto? Like, you guys, how big is the operation there? Like, I'm, I'm assuming the one in South Africa is bigger, right?
4: Uh, South Africa, South, South Africa, currently we have two greenhouses, uh, but um, like, obviously we can expand to three hectares. Okay. So, you know, we're, uh, we're basically pilot, we're piloting, we're piloting these, uh, these greenhouses now to actually do further expansion.
1: Okay. So you're going to expand up to three
4: hectares off the license. Okay. What are East the,
1: license- what are the reg- regulations in South Africa?
4: The reg- well the, the regulations in South Africa haven't been clearly defined. So they're kind of all over the place now. Yeah. I'm like right oh. now, right now, right now there's only, there's only medical licenses. You can apply for a medical license for cannabis. Um, that's a certain process. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. but, the, uh, there's no recreational right now. Um, that's to be voted on. It's coming soon, or who knows? You know, what I'm saying. You know, uh, COVID kind of corrupted that also um, in terms yeah. of um, getting to the finality of that. Um, but you know, the regulations are kind of like all over all over the place.
1: Okay, so uh, you, you can, you, can just, uh, you don't have dispensaries or like coffee shops. Uh, no, there 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 are a few. There are you will find a few
4: there, but they're not. Yeah through regulation, they're just kind of people doing it. And, you know, it's like a hands-off approach. Um, yeah. You know, there's, you know, it's decriminalized. So we're not going to put resources in to try, trying mm-hmm. to mess you around and, and, and close them up. You know, it's, it's, it's a hands-off approach, but there's no regulation around dispensaries or coffee shops, you know, there
1: aren't. Okay, how much, how much the price for a kilo go there in South Africa? Depends,
4: uh, depends on indoor, between indoor
1: and outdoor, you know what I'm saying? Let's go, in, let's go indoor, then. What's the highest price you get for
4: indoor? Uh, indoor, you probably get around like 65000 70000 In South Rans, Africa? Rands. Rands. Okay, okay,
2: okay, okay. Rands, Rands,
7: Rands, Rands, Rands. Yeah, I, I almost freaked out.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're, killing it. We're killing it out there, son. We're killing it. Yeah. I was just going to be like, "Get ready." <laughs>
1: right.
2: Y'all don't know what's up. Sometimes <laughs> it's
1: booming. That's Rands.
4: You know, it's you know. Not, okay, it's
1: not a bad price. okay. The no, Netherlands is around um, six thousand for indoor. Let's say silver haze, amnesia. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, about, you cross, it's about twenty. It's about
4: your high, your high twos per pound.
1: You know what okay, saying? okay, yeah, exactly. Okay. Same, similar, similar pricing, silver pricing. Yeah. Okay, because if you cross the border to Germany, it's like ten uh, k. Oh
4: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
4: Certain parts, yes. So I, I would, I would
1: imagine certain parts in um
4: in europe are getting more you know what i'm saying because of the scarcity you know what i'm saying
1: exactly yeah transportation they put everything on it right so mm-hmm, like yeah. they, they've uh they've like put uh, uh netherlands and NACO, naco state now right mm-hmm. so they've been labeled that now so it's different you know but mm-hmm. usually let's say they all they're all selling in amsterdam that's where all the let's say the commercial coffee shops are right like, uh, where i live, in I live all the weed you know mm okay so they'll they, they grow them all mostly let's say let's say i would say 85 percent of houses you know mm, so mm. they they come and to reconstruct the house you know they bring the lights they bring the switches you know it depends on if you live in a nice neighborhood or the ghetto <laughs> you can put between each room between three to four hundred plants and depending how many like rooms they has you know so you just say you get let's say from 10 to 40 kilos depending on which house you're using you know uh, okay okay yeah and then like let's say uh all that is illegal while you're doing it you know but 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 when it, you but you get to the coffee shop it's legal oh really yeah
4: oh once it gets to, okay so you can you can sell the coffee shops out of your personal
1: illegal grow. yeah exactly so but the, but anything before that before the coffee, you can get busted for you know
4: <laughs> once it gets to the coffee shops you're good yeah you know <laughs> yeah, then, <laughs> so the to get coffee shop
5: Stay, yeah. under,
4: stay, under, stay under the radar. You know, what I'm saying, As long enough to get to the coffee shops. Okay, yeah, it was, they, you know, so it was kind of like that in California also. Yeah, so you know, once California uh, passed its uh, it's 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 two fifteen. Yeah, like you know, they had they had dispensaries that you can sell from, but you know, what I'm saying, obviously, you know, what I'm saying they had no legal grows, so people were growing in their houses and selling to dispensaries to sell, and dispensaries yeah. wouldn't get, get wouldn't get knocked. But if they caught you growing your house, you would. But that was way back then. So it was very similar to that, yeah. Yeah,
1: they're, they're making money from taxes and from like fines, right. you know? uh-huh,
4: yep. yeah. I know, yeah. so
1: that, that, that's a good thing. Africa shouldn't learn that, you know, it's a very bad habit, although you can benefit, right? So like some people, they, they dodge it by paying the electricity because you tap the electricity from the from the um, uh, machine straight, right? So a lot because it's too high. So usually they catch you for like theft, right? Then uh, what they do is they also check the raising on the walls then they'll be telling you the uh, okay. This how long you've been doing it. Then they'll judge it by that and give you a fine for it.
7: Right.
1: Maya. That's the yes. Let's go to the selling. The selling of the product, right? That's a good you know, aspect. We're talking about Josh, right? So we can talk about the selling of the product. no?
0: All right. So let's go to selling of the product. Uh, Chris, where you at? <laughs>
1: um i'm right here
3: but yeah so let's, help, <laughs> let's, 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 let's some <laughs> um well no it's interesting it's interesting that, that we we we're on that part of the subject i am curious jake you said uh you said high 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 quality high grade uh marijuana is going for how much per kilo right now in the Netherlands <laughs>
1: Uh let's say it's going if you use like let's say silver haze, the most sold one, silver haze amnesia, is going let's say on a good day on the when it's really really scarce, it goes for six to seven K and when you cross the borders ten K. Six to seven K, yeah.
3: Six so, K you know
1: US actually, dollars or Euros. No Euros. Yes. And if it's if you sell to the uh Ooh. to the let's say the licensed people, let's say from uh cancer for medical for medical use, you get up to depending how good your stuff is, you can get high pricing for it because for medical it'll go like 15 20 if you no know, if you work with the right laboratory you know, if it's really really high end shit so that's that's about
3: 2800 a pound um on the floor and that's interesting because you know what what is fascinating to me about the marijuana business is that it's a commodity like anything else the prices fluctuate up and down but what's interesting is is I can buy a gram in Johannesburg a gram in the Netherlands and a gram in Los Angeles and more often than not, it's the same price. Yes, actually it is, yeah. It's the same price. Now, now let's think about that for a second. How something that's unregulated, quote unquote, right? It's basically the same price on three different points on the planet. How does that happen? Or are there some forces behind us that are actually setting the price of the global market?
4: <laughs> like cocaine though, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, like even, even the illicit markets are, are, um, are regulated in a sense because of the global movement of them, you know, you know all illicit markets have the global movement. So you have a point of where they start from, you know what I'm saying, and a point, a point of where they end up, um, like with marijuana, this it's, you know, it costs so much to grow, you know what I'm saying. So whether you're, whether, whether you're in America, you know what I'm saying, whether you're in so-and-so, uh, indoor operation. And most of the times, most of the times you're dealing with a, pr- a price set at an indoor, at a, you know what I'm saying, with marijuana, your indoor, your indoor kind of content. So it costs, you know what I'm saying, it costs similar amounts to grow, you know what I'm saying, to grow that, uh, to grow that gram. You know, everything is calculated on how much it's going to cost to grow this gram. And then there's a markup put on that. So it's, you know what I'm saying, it's pretty, it's pretty similar in that respect.
1: Yeah, that's why it's nice to deal with the end product, right? When you finish into like uh healthcare products, t shirts, beer, you know, then you you don't have to deal with all those things. And you can really, really find a good off taker and making good money with it for a long long term. And that's what you're interested in, right? Chris, we talked about today. The the, the sports world is really joined the C B D movement, you know? Exactly. so that, that's a, those are people that are using for all kind of medical ways. So if you really deep like in Europe, because Europe, we're not so complicated when it comes to CBD, right? So it's really easy to sell those products here because they have everything made from hemp here already, or so everything. So it's one of the easiest market, in my opinion, to penetrate in terms of those products, that just means when you have an operation, it has to be very flawless. Because I'll give you a good example, because we deal in fruits and vegetables. One of the reasons why the Europeans come down and do it themselves is because of the, let's say, the organization, how it is in Africa. They don't know how to grow, uh, grow, they don't follow certain specifications. So the Europeans come down themselves and do it. And we talked about that also in Rwanda. We, who do we meet at the RDB? We met Tim, right? They also called him down to do it. So that's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So can we got, um, jump into like um, the spiritual side of cannabis <laughs> or marijuana? I've heard that uh, it's like the oldest crop known to earth. And I think that's very interesting. Also, if you study the Dogon tribe out of Mali, um, you'll see that, well, first of all, they knew about the star series B before anyone else did, um, before telescopes uh came about and then when telescopes came about it turned out that they were right so they did have a certain knowledge of the cosmos um so they say uh the dogon say that the marijuana comes from uh sirius b and that it came down to earth it's a pretty magical plant it it provides food shelter clothing uh pain relief and psychedelics so does anybody kind of want to talk about that
4: um well (laughs) That's a, that's an interesting, you know what I'm saying? Interesting topic right there. (laughs) They say, they say say actually, um, um, before, before the Jogan, they say the actual guys bought it for themselves because it's a plant Mm -hmm. that, it's a plant that you can use anywhere. So they bought It's a, it's a plant that journeys, journeys with you. You get sick. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have this to take, you know what I'm saying? To take. You know, what I'm saying if you need, you know, what I'm saying if you need shelter, if you need to build on this, on this, on this new place that uh, you're going to, then this plant will do that. So, so yeah, so it, uh, it's a plant that's supposed to travel because it's the only, it's the only plant that mirrors our endocannabinoid system. The, the, the right. Star.
0: Which is wild because it like it connects. It's kind of like the all is one, and how it connects with the human body is kind of crazy.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's uh, it's uh. It's, they said it's made for the human body you know what I'm saying it's made for it's made for the human body which is the humans the humans are the hue man the which is back. the hue the hue man so we have to understand these, these the, the terms that we're using you know what I'm saying humans means the hue man which is those people over there that have a hue to them <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> now they the, you,
4: the, those people <laughs> a, so those people over there that have a hue over there. You already had man. You had man <laughs> on earth, you had, you know what I'm saying? You had different species on earth, you had man. But then you had, hold up, there's a human man over there. A man with a hue. Before that, there was no man with a hue. Wow. There was no man with a color. All the, you know, home erectors, all these people were, there were, you shave them down, there was pink underneath. But then you had a, you then you got a human, which was in the central of Africa, center of Africa.
7: So,
0: Maya, how many products do you make from him? How many products do I make from hemp Over 125,
4: shit, over 25,000, 25,000, over
0: 25,000. Okay. Were you asking products in general, or products that Hempers Farms makes? D. Okay, D left, or he got cut off somehow. He was asking
4: products in general, but I've, like that's why I said over twenty five thousand. Um,
0: okay. Yeah, oh, I was kind of unreal. Huh? Oh wow, that looks really nice. Keep that going. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Front, back, side to side. She's shooting product images, y'all. Since we're talking about products, so I'll just kind of um, talk about how I sell products from my CBD. So for example, we just harvested 38 plants. Hey, could you check the, um, the dehumidifier in there and see the water out if there's water in there? Uh, we just harvested 35 plants and now they're hanging upside down drying. Um, let's talk about, um, before I get into my products, let's talk about drying and curing y'all. So we just chop them at the root and we hang them upside down. Uh, we take out the humidifier from the room because it's all about sucking the moisture out and uh, we put a dehumidifier in there i set it on the lowest setting to try to pull the water out as slowly as possible so best case scenario hopefully they'll dry in about eight days or so so we'll go in there every day and we'll pop the stem and just see how it pops to see if it's ready or not um so that's how we dry do you guys have any insight on drying after um harvest
4: yeah you're like your 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 room in a dry room The dry room should be about seven degrees and about between 55 and 65 uh humidity relative humidity um, some cool.
0: people
4: some people um some people use you know you don't want them to dry um too quick um
0: because
4: mm-hmm. um, obviously it makes them harsher um, if you're smoking cannabis it makes the, the smoke harsher um,
0: and I've seen it makes the buds like lose the smell when that happens. Right,
4: right. You know, what I'm saying it takes away the smell. It takes away a lot. So, it's so slow. You know, what I'm saying between after seven days, you're pretty much good in terms of drying. Um, um some people you know, hang, them up da- hang them upside down because it's easier actually to um, to um, cut them to trim them after. <laughs> um, do you guys do a
0: wet trim or a dry trim? Like. I always do. Dry,
4: I always do a dry trim. I never do a wet trim. I always, because the the the, the you'll you maintain more of the, uh, the terpenes if you
0: actually,
6: terpene.
4: if you actually uh, do a dry trim. Because you know your the plants the plants as they dry they're sucking everything out of that stem and everything. You know what I'm saying? If you cut them, you know what I'm saying? If you cut them from the stem, and you know, a lot of people cut the bunch wet and then put it through like machines and stuff like that. And they don't Mm-mm. they don't have they don't have that potent smell, um,
0: right?
4: Um, because one thing is that those the that stem has nutrients in it. You know what I'm saying? The stem is how the buds get fed. You know, so mm-hmm. you're you you know what I'm saying? When you're drying, you're taking everything out of that stem and putting it in. You know what I'm saying? And the buds are getting sucking sucking everything out of that stem and getting it to into that bud. So,
0: um, right so before that's, you harvest, are you um, defoliating as much as possible?
4: Um, I don't. You know, what I'm saying I'm like you know, i I'm like that's that's a personal, personal, personal thing. A lot of people do, you know, but I, I like it, I like to get every little zap of everything out of those out of those leaves in that stem, um, that are left.
0: Huh, that's a really good point.
4: Which gives me, which gives me a more uh, potent smelling flower.
0: Also, the sugar leaves. So we make something yeah. called sugar leaf tea, and yes, um, we when we leave that. the okay. sugar leaves. On there it to drive to be, with them, yeah. they're much better. Yep. Much better product. Yep. Huh. Okay, cool. So I'll be sure not to, I think that's a good idea, not to uh, defoliate as much as I have been lately, um, right before harvest.